It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Welcome to the Money Guy Show. This is not your host, Brian Preston. This is actually his associate, Bo Hansen. Brian is traveling this week. He won't be back into the office until Monday. So he and I discussed back and forth, you know, what, what we should do this week. We received a number of emails for you guys uh, starting probably two years ago saying, you know, Brian, I love the show, love what you do, love all the advice you give. But the one piece of criticism I'd give you is that it's just so bothersome that you're not regular. But, meaning you don't, you don't put out a show consistently on a regular basis. I really wish you would do that. I think I would, I would get more value if I knew when to expect your show. Because when we first started, Brian was doing this by himself. And he you know, would do it maybe once a month or three times a week, just kind of depending on how, you know, how it all fell out for him. So what we decided is we really want to try to get consistent and give you guys a show every two weeks. And it usually falls every other Friday. So as Brian knew he's going to be out of town this week, he and I discussed what we should do this show on. And he said, Bo, you know, we've been getting a lot of emails lately uh, from younger individuals saying, Brian, I love what you do, love what you talk about, but I always feel like you're kind of missing talking to some of us younger people. And And they said, but it's not you. It's not just you. I listen to Dave Ramsey. You know, I read all the books. And I just feel like all the gurus out there kind of forget to say, hey, if you're young, this is where you should start. These are kind of the building blocks. So considering that we've been receiving those emails, Brian said, Bo, why don't you this week take the helm and address this? Why don't you kind of talk about what young people, since you are relatively young yourself, talk about what young people can be doing to get started right and to really stay ahead of the curve. Let me give you some of the back info. By day, Brian Preston and I are fee-only financial advisors down in the south side of Atlanta. Brian is a certified financial planner, certified public accountant, and a personal financial specialist, which just means that he's a CPA that does financial planning. I am a certified financial planner candidate, meaning that I'm currently working towards obtaining my CFP designation. I've already passed the test. I'm just waiting until March of next year to have fulfilled my experience in the industry requirement. We are also both NAFA fee-only registered advisors, meaning that we, we are associated with the National Association of Personal Fee-Only Advisors. So like I was saying, what I wanted to kind of address today is what young people should be doing to get their financial house in order. You know, the, the tagline of this show is restoring order to your financial chaos. Well, what if you don't really have any financial chaos yet? What if you're kind of still still a little green, haven't really gotten thrown into it? What can you begin to do now that's going to really set you apart and get you ahead? And let me let me step back and say that this kind of holds a significant place in my heart, this topic does, because sometimes I really do feel like I'm out there floating all alone. I, I have friends who are they get out of college or they graduated college a few years ago and they're just kind of floating. They still either live in the college town or they're traveling the world. They're going to the Bahamas on a cruise this week and Vegas next week. And I'm sitting here and I ask them, I say, you know, guys, how are y'all doing this? And they say, well, you know, that's what credit cards are for. And when they say that, oh, it, oh, it turns my insides and it just it scares me because I recognize how poor of a decision that is 
for their long-term long-term security. Now, I'm going to get into into what youthful people should be doing. Don't think this is all, you know, eat bread and potatoes now and, and, and really sacrifice. But what I did is I just made a list of some things that you should be thinking about if you're a young person. And as I was making this list, I realized these are some good things that everyone should be thinking about. Maybe maybe you're not young, maybe you're not just new to the business world, but a lot of these are going to hit with you and you can say, man, that's something that either I'm not doing and should be doing, or man, that's something I've never thought about that I really, I need to get on track. So what I'd like to do is just go ahead and jump in and say, that when you are first starting out, you know, if you're starting out getting your financial house in order, or maybe you're just starting out, you know, going into the workforce, uh, the first thing I think that's an absolute must, and let me go ahead and put my disclaimer on this. These, these are my thoughts and my opinions. So it doesn't necessarily mean that everything I'm going to say is 100% right. Uh, a lot of it is subjective, uh, and a lot of it is just kind of the way that my education is formed and just the ways that I feel about money. But I feel like one of the first things that you need to do is get some cash reserves built up. You, it's that rainy day money that you have to have. And I think that so often when, when we graduate from college and we go out on our own, we kind of get this mentality like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I'm an adult, but I'm not really grown yet. I've still got mom and dad I can fall back on. I've still got this going on. You know, really, it seems like what's happened, and you can even see this in kind of some of the policies being, being put in place out there, is that there hasn't been a push for, for baby birdies to leave the nest like there once was. It's kind of one of those things where a lot of people under their mid-20s, you know, late 20s, early 30s are still kind of under mom and dad's shelter. And while there's nothing wrong with that, I think that for all of us, there ought to be an incentive and a thought that, man, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get out there and get independent. Just like we talk about financial independence, um, the first step to true financial independence is to find your own individual independence, be able to take care of yourself. And part of that is building up cash reserves uh, for a rainy day. My, my thought is on cash reserves is that for a young person, you need to have enough to cover your health insurance deductible. So if you have, a, if you're a young person, and I'm going to talk about insurance in a second, you have a two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollar deductible. Make sure you have enough in cash so that if something catastrophic happens to you, you can cover that deductible and then let the insurance step in. And you know, make sure you have that. And then also above and beyond that, I think you should make sure that you have six months of expenses. Um, this includes your utility payments, your mortgage, rent if you don't own a home. Six months of what you need to get you by if all of a sudden the income stopped right now. Um, I think that is what you really, really need in cash reserves. And just because it's sitting in cash reserves doesn't mean it has to be under your mattress. There's a lot of great resources. Even though right now cash is miserable, you can still go get somewhere between one and one and a quarter percent. Um, FNBODirect.com, Dollar Savings Direct, you know, some of these online savings banks are still offering you know, some yield. You know, it's nothing great and it's not breaking any land speed records, but it's something. The second thing that I want to say, and you have heard Brian talk about this over and over and over again, is if you are gainfully employed and your employer has a retirement plan and you are eligible to participate in that retirement plan, go get the employer match. If you have a 401k, 403b, simple IRA, 457, whatever the plan is, if you have an employer match, go max that out because it is free money. Brian always gives the analogy that, guys, if, if I stood outside my office, if I stood outside your office and said, hey, 
Billy Bob, Jim, Joe, Jane, I have a bag of money waiting for you. And all you have to do is come up and pick it up. I guarantee that every single one of you would make sure as soon as you left your office to pick up that bag of money. That's exactly what's going on uh, with these employer matches. But a lot of young people think, oh man, I need that income. I can't, I can't put away 3%. I'm living, you know, I got to have this and got to have that. Well, what if I told you I had an investment that if you gave me X dollars, I would guarantee you 100% rate of return? Because that's exactly what these employer matches are doing. You put in 1%, they are automatically going to give you 100% return on that 1% and match that up to whatever limits or thresholds, whatever thresholds have. So those are the two things I feel like are must. You need to build up your cash reserves and then you got to go out and get that free money that's sitting out there. Now, this is something that I personally do, this next one, and I think that it would benefit everyone. doesn't matter if you're 60 years old or if you're 16 years old. I think if you do this, it will open your eyes. And that is just start from pick a day today and start tracking your spending for two or three months. Um, I'm, so, I'm such an analytical guy, and I'm so, you go, I'll go ahead and say I'm probably nerdy is that I can tell you every penny that I have spent in the last two years, and I'm not saying you have to go that far, but once you do this, and you do this for let's say two, three, four months, it allows you to really take a step back and look at your spending categories. I remember when I first started doing it, I said, holy cow, I really spend that much money going out to eat. I gotta fix that. There's something wrong with this going out to eat spending, or there's something wrong with this miscellaneous spending. It really lets you see where your money's going. And even outside of that, even if you don't have a spending problem, it lets you see how much money you have to work with, which, which is a perfect lead-in to, to, to this next point. Is spending lets you, spending, monitoring your spending lets you know how much you have to work with. Now, for young people, old people alike, and you've heard Brian talk about how Social Security and pension plans are kind of, these are things that are changing, especially for those of us that are younger, the, the weight of retirement and the ability to truly one day be financially independent is going to fall on our shoulders. You know, the old rule of thumb used to be save 10% of what you make um, and you'll be good. I don't think that's enough anymore. I think you need to start doing 15 to 20% of your gross wages. And, and I, know, I know a lot of you are thinking, man, save 20%. How can I do that? That'll put me only making this much money and I've got this, I've got that, I've got that. You may not be able to do 20% right out the gate, but that needs to be your goal. I need to start saving 20% for retirement. You know, Dave Ramsey always says, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, live off 80% of your income now so that you'll have 120% of your income later in retirement. So let me, let me go through how this is the Bo Hansen guide to where my money should go um, when I start saving. So the first place I think your money needs to go is you need to go max out whatever your employer match is. Um, you need to go grab that one and a half, two, three, seven, whatever they're willing to offer you, go get that free money. After you've gotten that free money, go build up those cash reserves. Make sure you have that rainy day fund built up, that six months of expenses plus your insurance deductible to get you through. Now for young people who are, who are eligible, I think, and this is my opinion, I think the next step after you've done your employer match, after you've put in your cash, is to go really hit the Roth IRA hard. Um, if you start out in your 20s, the Roth IRA, as it's written now, is going to grow 
tax deferred, and then even if you wait until after age 59 and a half, that money is going to be tax free. So what you're doing is you're putting in money and letting it grow tax free forever. Now, of course, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, the Roth's not going to be here when I retire and this and that. Well, you can't live under a rock. You got to kind of take what's given to you right now. And right now, the Roth IRA is the thing to do. And I have a lot of, a lot of my friends come ask me and they say, Bo, I really want to start saving, you know, what should I do? And I say, okay, well, do you have cash? And they say, yeah, I've got cash. I say, okay, well, are you doing your employer plan? They say, yeah. And they say, well, what else can I do? I say, all right, we'll do a Roth. But if you're going to do this Roth, promise me you can walk away from this money. You're not going to need it. Because if you need the money, don't do the Roth. Put it somewhere else. This Roth is money that is going to be used for your retirement. And for younger people that think, oh, man, retirement is so long away. I'm not really thinking about that. I, it, that you need to be. So if you're going to do a Roth, think about in a long-term point of view that this money is going out. And so this is, this is the, the little behavioral finance thing that I tell my friends to do is I say lowball. If you really think you can put away $500 a month into a Roth IRA, or $400 a month so that, so that we're not overfunding, overfunding it for young individuals, and you think that's what you can do, lowball down to $250. If you think you can do $250, lowball down to $100. Pick a number that's low enough that it's still comfortable that if things get tight, if money gets tight for you, this Roth IRA isn't going to be where you go to get those funds from. The most important money that you will ever save in your whole life, from a dollars and cents perspective, is the very first money you ever save because it has the longest amount of time to grow. So I'm sure if, I'm sure if um, any of you young individuals, and, and I'll say young is under 35, if any of you young individuals go ask someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s, hey, do you wish you would have started saving more money earlier in life? I would almost guarantee you that 99.9% .9 of those people are going to say, absolutely. I really wish I would have done that. So you've done the employer match. You're building up your cash. Now you're doing the Roth. You can put this year, you can put 5,000 into Roth. Well, let's say you're really either one, you're really banging out the income or two, your expenses are so low. You're actually maxing out your Roth IRA at 5,000. Then I think you go back to the, the, to the retirement plan. You start really socking it away until you hit some of those 457 limits and until you're putting in, um, you know, in a 401k, I think it's 16.5 this year. Um, and, then, and then once you're doing all these things, then you start saving in some of taxable accounts and that sort of thing. But I, I kind of fall in line with Brian is where I love sticking it to the man and really saving on taxes. And the Roth and the, and the retirement plans are ways that you can absolutely save on some taxes. Now, let me go back and throw a disclaimer there. If you have debt... This is, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey thinks, you know, no debt, never, never, never. And I, I think there, there's a time and a place for that, and it makes sense. What I would say is use your common sense. If you have a credit card and it's 15, 18, 19%, why in the world are you trying to save money somewhere else when you can guarantee yourself that 13, 15, 18% return if you just pay off that credit card? Um, that's, that's needless money that you're throwing away that, that really, if you can pay it off, Go pay that off first because that's, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be better for you. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're putting money into the savings with a dump truck, the, the, the debt's going to take it out the back door in a teaspoon and you're never going to notice it. And then another thing to think about is if you're young, in the beginning, accumulation matters more than your turn. Meaning that until you actually start building some substantial assets, 
Don't worry, oh, I only made 7% this quarter. Oh, I lost 2% this quarter. Don't think about that. Really think in an accumulator's mindset. Assume that your money makes nothing and say, you know what? I really want to save a million dollars. No return even thought about, I want to put a million dollars away. And I think when you have that mindset, you'll start thinking, oh, well, I'm not doing this saving thing anymore because the market's going down. Well, if you listen to the show last week, volatility is actually your friend. Volatility can benefit you. But don't, don't focus on return right now. You really want to focus on the accumulation. So now that, now that you've got this, I think the next thing that you may want to, may want to think about is insurance. Um, health insurance is a must. It absolutely makes me sick when I come across a young individual who does not have health insurance. Um, maybe they're still working part-time or, or their, their employer doesn't offer a, a benefit package that contains health insurance. You need to go get this. I mean, um, you know, you can say, yeah, I'm healthy and yeah, I've got all this stuff going on. I don't need health insurance. Well, I just, I don't think that's true because you don't know what you don't know. And that's the scary thing. And the people who always need health insurance, you know, by the time you need it, it's too late to go out and get it. And I, I think it's too affordable, assuming you're in good health, not to do it. Um, life insurance is something, you know, the, the purpose of life insurance is to protect others in the event of your demise. So personally, I don't. I think if you're single and you don't really have anyone depending on your income, your resources, you probably don't need life insurance. Now I know some people say if you, if you own a home and you're single, you should go get life insurance to pay off the home. You know, I kind I don't agree with that either. I think that I think that you, you want to get life insurance if you, if you're you know if you're gonna get, if you're getting married and your spouse or your partner or you know your family member sibling is depending on your resources. That's when you need life insurance. And even though it is dirt cheap, I don't think you need to have it. I'll go ahead and throw this in there. I think for young people, if you're gonna buy insurance, what you're buying it for go by term. I don't know if whole life makes the most sense unless you're doing some of these other things and really just knocking them out of the park. All right, this next thing, it, it, <laughs> you know, it's funny when, when me and Brian were talking about this, he said, all right, well, I'm not going to be there. Don't say anything controversial. And, and so far, I think I've done well not to do that. But this is going to be the only thing that I'm going to say that's just almost pseudo, might be halfway kind of controversial. If you are young, I think you need to go get a credit card. Now, now listen to what I'm saying. I think you need to go get a credit card. I don't think you need to go run up credit card debt. Um, I just feel like in the world that we live in, if you are responsible, you need to start establishing that credit history. You need to go out and buy a credit card, you know, get a credit card. Maybe, maybe you take your significant other you know, out to dinner once a month. Put it on the credit card, pay it off every month, start building up that history. If you're worried you're going to spend too much, go get a credit card with a $100 limit. So that way you kind of go ahead and force your own hand that you can't, you can't spend more than what's on there. Um, I think in, in this day and age, it's a must because if you start now, you know, I, I got my first credit card. I, th I want to say it was either my, my second or, or first or second year in college. And when I went to buy my house last year, I was able to get a much, a much better rate because I had already had an auto loan that I paid off and I'd already had these credit cards and I had a history established. I think you will be hurting yourself if you don't go out and do that. And then one more thing I'll throw in there is, is you know, go check your credit, credit uh, report. I don't know if you guys know this, but you are actually entitled in this country to one free credit report from the three reporting unions, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. 
um, each year. And then some states even have rules where you can get two from each of them each year. So you could potentially be getting six credit reports. Um, go check that. Make sure there's nothing screwy going on there that you're not aware of. And even for those of you that aren't young, this is always a smart thing to do. Put a reminder in your calendar every quarter, you know, or every four months maybe. Go check to see go check to see your credit report. See what's going on. The website you can use is annualcreditreport.com. Now there's this isn't the one with a nice jingle and all that stuff. I think that's actually a service that you have to pay for. But annualcreditreport.com, you can go and, and get your credit reports. If you want to do some research on credit cards, I, I want to throw out there bankrate.com, B-A-N-K-R-A-T-E.com. It's a great place to go, do some research, find out what's the best thing out there. And Young people, don't don't get caught up on, oh man, this this credit card has an 18 percent um, 18 percent interest charge, or this one has 15. Pay it off every month, and that doesn't matter. And I think a lot of people overlook that and don't realize that if you pay it off every month, that kind of thing doesn't matter. You know, so what if you have to pay 29 percent? Don't ever have to pay it. You'll you know, and, and it's never going to bother you. Now, those are kind of the the cut and dry financial things you need to think about. I want to close out with a few things that, that are a little outside the box thinking. And I think, you know, a couple of our emails, this is what you were looking for. What are some things that a young person should think about that's outside of the box? And, and the first thing I have on here is think of ways to better yourself and your skill set. And let me explain what I mean by that. Thinking of ways to better yourself and improve your skill set are trying to find ways to really set yourself apart. If there are designations inside your profession that you can go get that will set you out from other people in the industry doing the same thing as you are, go get those designations. The, the one thing that, you, that you're fortunate to have for most people when you're young is, is you have plenty of time, you don't have a ton of responsibilities yet, and, and then you're, if you're really young, just out of college, you've still got that whole study mentality so you can go learn new things. Go find ways to really make yourself a valuable resource no matter where you end up. So, you know, don't, don't just focus on one thing. And it kind of, you know, the nature of this economy is, is, there, is with, all, with all the unemployment, what happened was, is, you know, there used to be a lot of producers of XYZ. So say you went to college and you learned how to make XYZ. Well, all of a sudden, you know, 2008, this recession happens and, and people don't need XYZ made anymore um, in the United States. So what do you do? What you know how to do is make XYZ. You're kind of stuck. So the more coals you have in the fire, the more things that you know how to leverage to, to generate income and, and to produce goods and, and to create services, the better off you're going to be. So while you're young, think about these things because you know, it's a lot harder to start over getting, you know, getting some of these things in order when you're in your 40s and 50s than, than it is when you're in your 20s and 30s. The next thing I'll say is, is set goals. You know, if, if you're young like me, I'm very goal-oriented, very motivated. So I have income goals in my head. I want to make X amount of income by this age. But not even that. I have a net worth goal. I know how much I want my net worth to be on this day. And that's what I'm working for. That's why I save 20% of my gross income. That's why I'm really, you know, trying to sock away money and really trying to get my financial house in order because I, I want to hit these goals. And I think if you set them, write them down and constantly remind yourself, it'll keep you on that path to going the direction you need to go um, and being to where you need to be. Now, this next thing is, is I think, oh, so important. So if you haven't listened to anything else, really listen to this. And, and this, sometimes I have to look in the mirror and tell this to myself is if you are young, 
don't get ahead of yourself. Um, I believe there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers, and it talks about to be an expert at anything requires 10,000 hours. Well, if you just think about a full-time working year, that's five years. So to be an expert at anything, it takes five years. So I would argue that if you're just out of college, yeah, you're an adult, you're not a kid anymore, but you're not an expert at not being a kid until you've been doing it, been away from it uh, for five years. So recognize that you don't have to do too much too soon. I have a lot of friends, and this, this really troubles me, and I'm going to tell a story about one of my really good buddies. He got a job uh, right out of college. He was making, I want to say, somewhere between forty dollars and $50,000. And the first thing that he did is he went out, and this was back in 2008, he went out and bought a brand new 2009 BMW because he thought he went from making, you know, Twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a year, waiting tables, you know, kind of getting by in college. So now he has this career that he started, and you know, his income is two or three times higher than it was. And he just thinks, man, I have made it. I am there. So he goes out and buys a super, super nice car, and his payment ended up being, you know, twice what his rent was in college. That's crazy. And if you start out making decisions like that, doing those sort of things then you're going to be fighting an uphill battle your whole life. You don't have to go buy the nicest car, go get the most expensive clothes, go buy the biggest house just because you're young. You know, these things take time. It takes time to, to become an expert at being an adult. It takes time. You know, don't go out there and just get yourself buried because you're trying to go too high too fast. I would also throw in there, invest in your future health. Meaning that 40, 50, 60 year olds, you can probably be, be a testament to this, that it's not as easy to stay in shape in the later years than it was in the early years. And man, I bet a lot of you out there probably wish I would have done just a little bit more, gone for one extra run a week, you know, played a little bit extra basketball, went for a little longer swim when I was younger so that life is easier um, now that I'm older. I think that's something young people, I have a lot of friends who, once they kind of started this whole nine to five working thing, uh, they got sedentary. You know, they wake up, go to work, come home, watch TV, order a pizza, eat some, you know, eat a Totino's, and, and then that's it. That's a, that's a habitual thing. It's a behavior that, that can be very negative 10, 15, 20 years from now. One other thing, I missed this, uh, don't get ahead of yourself. I just want to throw out two financial ratios. Your, your housing debt, the rule of thumb is you want to keep your housing debt below 28% of your gross wages. Now this includes, you know, this is rent if you're a renter, this is your mortgage if you're a homeowner. You want to keep your housing debt below 28%. And then your total debt, auto loans, credit card, house, you know, everything that, that, you, that, you, that you have a liability in, you want to keep 36, you know, below 36% of your gross income. I mean, that's kind of the rule of thumb. And then the last thing that I want to throw out there for young people, and this, you know, this is where youth is a state of mind. Just because you're 50 doesn't mean you're not young anymore. You, you know, you're as young as you feel. Enjoy your youth. You know, you can work for all these years and build up all this wealth and make all this money, but the one thing you'll never get back are those years when you were young. So I think there's a balance. You know, Brian gets onto me a lot because he thinks that I, I'm one of those people who I try to do too much too fast, and I don't just stop and smell the roses every now and then. I don't really realize all the good things I have going on in life and the things that I should be super, super excited about right now because it gets blurred by the things I'm thinking that I want to do in the future. So the last, the last challenge I'll give you is 
you know, take these financial steps, get your financial house in order, but also, you know, enjoy this time that you've given, enjoy the present, and really take advantage of your youth. I think, I think, um, I think that's a good way to end it. Guys, thank you so much for your support. Um, this is just one more example of a show that has come our way from emails. We love getting your emails. We love getting your feedback. If you have something positive to say, if you like this show, if, if you like this show, if you're a young person and you thought this was a good show, and you're like, man, I'm really glad Bo did that. I'm so glad Brian you know, let the dog loose for a second, go out on iTunes and give us some feedback. It's because of iTunes that we've been able to stay on that top 25, and that's because of you guys. You guys have been so instrumental in really giving us positive feedback that you have kept our face up there, and that has been so, so awesome. Let me also say, if you have something bad to say, if you think, man, I, oh my goodness, Brian, what a horrible thing it was letting Bo get on the microphone. If you feel that way, feel free to share that. Send Brian an email. You can write him, B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com. Let him know that's how you feel. You know, we do this for you guys. The reason Brian started this so many years ago was he really wanted to spread sound financial decisions to the masses. And that's, that's you know, we're trying to, trying to keep that up and keep going with that. So we want to construct this show in such a way that is going to be the most benefit to you. Um, if you have any questions, have any uh, ideas for the show, or just have any feedback, you know, positive feedback, go leave it on iTunes. Or if you don't want to do that, any feedback, send us an email. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you guys today. I know it's a short show, but I think there was some good stuff in there. And uh, Brian, thankfully, will be back in about two weeks. I am your uh, temporary host, Bo Hansen. I'll talk to you in about two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. And Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. <laughs>